0: Oh, uh, um, Simon. Um, Greg Haver asked me to uh, say hi to you. Oh, him bless he said, him! Yeah. He said he knew uh, you, you would know what that meant. <laughs>
1: is, that uh, no. is, that, is that code? No. Is that code the Yeah, Welsh. It's yeah. a Welsh thing. No, he's, he's, he's right. a good man, Greg.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> man, we loved having Greg on, on the show. Greg's been on twice now. Is he? Um, yeah, and he's he's got some like, fucking cracking. Manic anecdotes. I bet he has. Manic anecdotes. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, all right. And on that note, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello and welcome to Do You Love Us, a critical analysis of the history, cultural impact, and music of Manic Street Preachers. Yeah, Um, we are doing their discography, album by album, track by track, asking the questions Does context matter when you're listening to music? Does knowing the history of the band uh, give you a better appreciation for that output? And, more importantly, we're asking the question, do you love us? Us being the Manitri Preachers, not the hosts of this podcast, do you love us, to which you are now listening. I'm Adam Scott Glassball. I'm joined by Steve Murphy. Hello. And I'm joined by Lucas Way. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And we are still joined by uh, uh, legendary Simon Price. Hello again. Hello. Um, So, you join us halfway through our coverage of Journal for Plague Lovers um, let's get stuck in how do you guys feel about title tracks on an album big fan
1: yeah I
3: quite okay. like it I like it yeah. when bands get meta I like it when they reference their own name I like it when they reference other songs in songs I like I like it when bands get
0: meta maybe I'm the weirdo here I just think if you're given like Steve when you said about self-titled albums yeah if you're given the choice to offer two things instead of one come up with like two creative things But not a big fan of title tracks but this is the title
4: track
3: but it also should generally drops. be quite Ooh. you know uh, here's the album it should be quite indicative of the album as a whole you probably yeah. wouldn't make your weird track be the title track
0: well let's see if this is indicative of the album as a whole sound of a journal yeah got that written down good job yeah <laughs> unremarkable piece of music that is elevated by its lyrics.
1: Uh yeah, but the bass is good. <laughs> it does the,
0: have like a jazz bass in the chorus. Yeah. But like yeah
1: but I would say I I sort of disagree in terms of like like Sean's drumming is is fantastic in it. The didn't like through the whole thing is really good. Uh verse melodies great. Um in fact, most of the stuff I've written is about. I really so like you, it, music. So you very much responded I to do the see you arrangement, mean.
0: sort of compositional. It sounds like the Foo Fighters to me. Uh, interesting, actually. That's an interesting comparison. Do
1: you mean like, because it's like verse, chorus, verse, do you mean like that?
0: No, I mean just like the way they've kind of arranged the instruments and and the tone and, you know, the notes that they use. It just sounds a bit sort of middle of the road rock. To me, okay. a bit a bit like Fo Foo Fighters, a bit like Foo Fighters, or um, Rush, which I'm sure yes, I was going to say Rush, not
2: middle of the road uh, rock. That that was my thought. Spirit of Radio by Rush, and obviously we all know Nikki Wai is a big fan of Rush, so yeah. that would figure. Yeah,
0: just doesn't um uh doesn't uh, juice my lemon. Doesn't
1: juice your lemon. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say. Yeah, I would say if, we, if we're going to pick songs that don't I don't respond to as much, this would be one of them. Um but the lyrics yeah. I think are really great on this song. I would love um, to you, for you to tell me what the fuck they're about, please. Well,
0: I <laughs> it seems to be I, it's difficult, it's difficult. Uh you you're trying to guess at what uh at what one person is trying to say, but it seems to be kind of informed by Richie's experience in in hospitals. Um the idea that people pretending to care makes those kind of places the places people go to die when he's talking about pretend care and perfect actors and perfect abattoirs and then the chorus seems to be talking about how, like, questioning if it's even humans' place to care for other humans and maybe only God is able to decide who lives and dies and who deserves forgiveness. Um... That's my take on it. Although in typical sort of Ritchie fashion, the second verse then kind of becomes something completely different (laughs) and seems to be more about sort of censorship of the body or censorship of harm, um, which then completely changes the context of the chorus the second time you hear it, because it could also be about how only God is allowed to hurt a
2: person. Um, Okay. Yeah, thoughts on that. I might be way off. Yeah, I mean, that that line or that couplet only a God can bruise, only a God can soothe. It's an interesting debate, really, um, whether Richie had found God or was in the process of f- finding God. But mm. um, obviously he was raised in the church, um, you know, maybe even more than the average person in the Welsh Valleys was. So that that language of damnation and forgiveness and all of that was... Deeply ingrained in him, I think, and I, I think around this time he's um, falling back on that a lot more.
0: There's a lot of um, drawings in his um, in the reproduction or the bits of the notebook folder thing that we've been allowed to see of um, of Dante's levels of hell. Yes, and there's okay. a lot of religious iconography in um, in in that as well. So, but but then then he's always been. He's always used that kind of religious uh, iconography, hasn't he? he? Wanted, didn't he? Wanted to use, he wanted to use um, the piss Christ as the artwork for Generation Terrorists. Yeah, and you know, crucifix
2: kiss, and you know he's wearing a crucifix on his chest on the front of Generation Ter- Yeah, all of that really. Yeah,
1: yeah. The album uh, being the- called the Holy Bible.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So what's, the, what's that yeah. referencing?
0: It's subtle, yeah. but it is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's some great lyrics again cut out of this one. Like, uh, so like that the kind of recall faster. The, the opening to this lyric on the paper is, here I am, lover man, here I am, abortion, here I am, miscarriage, here I am, selfish man, which would completely change the tone of this song had they put it in, I think. Mm. I think that makes it a much more personal lyric with Richie questioning what his worth is in the eyes of God.
2: I think that the idea of judgment, of a judgment day, I mean, you hear it on the song, not on this album, of course, but Judge Yourself, um, Yeah, th- things like that. Um, I remember I interviewed him at the end of 93 um, for Melody Maker about his Men of the Year, and we did Courtney Love for her Women of the Year. Um, and Richie, I'm pretty sure it was this interview anyway, he, he was um, talking about um, Hassan Al-Turabi, who was an um, Islamic, a cleric from Sudan who uh, imposed brutal Sharia law uh, in northern Sudan. And Ritchie was strangely attracted by, by this, you know, this idea of sort of cutting the hands off suspected thieves and stuff like that. And, um, uh, yeah, um, at, at at the time, I suppose we just sort of, I don't know, gave it a pass, let it pass, think, oh, it's a rock star mm. with some kind of weird eccentric view that he has, I don't know but <laughs> um, yeah there, there's something a bit unsettling really about that um, extreme judgmental um, aspect to, to his interpretation of, of religion um, which even though you, know, you, you, you can blame it on his of Valley's uh, Christian upbringing, he clearly saw parallels in other religions that he also found oddly appealing
0: Well he seems to be a big sort of believer in rules and restrictions you know I'm thinking of like the restrictions to his, his diet mm. but but also like rules in terms of you know like capital punishment like the cause and effect this happens so then this must happen um, it's actually it's uh, it's an autistic trait actually that kind of love of sort of rules um and and order um mm. and and there's a lyric later on um in the, in the album about sort of um about limiting your choice uh one bread one milk one food and that's all and i think that that you know that could be seen as a reference and we'll, and we'll get to it but 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 you could be seen as a reference to sort of like soviet era rationing and stuff like that but actually i've always read it as can someone please take all this choice away from me and like restrict me to a basic set of rules? Um, which which is actually something that um I'm I'm a I'm a support worker. I, I care for vulnerable adults, a lot of whom have autism, and that's something you see very much in autistic people, is is being completely overwhelmed by this nature of choice. So um so his propensity for those rules and restrictions definitely comes out in the lyrics um and feels very sort of familiar to me it's something i I definitely understand where he's coming from does that make sense it's interesting yeah just blank faces (laughs) Yeah. yeah 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 um i find that also to be quite a dark song and so i don't i i am i'm not completely dissimilar to you lucas like I won't like if I'm in a bad mood. I won't put on a song that will put me in a further bad mood. I do select songs based on like that, <laughs> like how much I enjoy listening.
3: That to flies them. in the face of what you said before, which is if you're in a bad mood, you'll wallow in it and listen to <laughs> no, some bad me. mood
0: music. I thought oh, Adam agreed with that. I thought Adam was sort it of on board it. Depends on it with... depends on the mood. But uh, what I'm saying is I don't often revisit that particular song very much unless I'm listening to the whole album, right? Because I find the tone of it quite dark. Mm. Um, Whereas this next song, I actually do revisit, even though the lyrics are very dark, the tone of it is very like. Hey, we're all having a nice time. Uh, I, mean, anyway, yes. I, mean, Adam, I mean, Adam, I'm deeply offended because at no point there have you
3: asked my opinion on that song. Uh <laughs>
0: why um,
4: uh,
0: well uh, that's a good question yeah uh, it, it seems to be because that's what she thinks will please um, her lover or yeah that's how so that, she sees a way of gaining admiration or respect or love
4: which re- is it seems like and it's probably a very <laughs> yeah,
0: it's
1: probably a very easy read but yeah it's about uh, a woman getting herself into many abusive relationships because she just wants to find love um and find yeah. that romantic uh, and she'll do whatever
0: it takes um, although I don't think it's as metaphorical as you're making out there because I think it is I think Nikki has alluded to the fact that this is a character piece based on someone that Richie met whilst in hospital Yeah. Oh, okay. who had okay. bleached her own skin wow so literal yeah
2: Yeah, so you know yeah about his hospital stay um, and about somebody who's been in an abusive relationship um, so in some way similar to four stone seven pound I guess Um, although you know that's about anorexia but the difference being I think this time around there isn't that massive honking neon lit subtext of autobiography that there was with four stone seven pounds yeah that's true
0: it's definitely a, a character piece it's certainly about someone someone else yeah um there's you know I mean you you I think we were talking about how how um Richie kind of views love and sex while we were talking about the Holy Bible, he certainly had a complicated relationship with it, so I've always kind of kind of thought there was like a little maybe a drop of autobiography in here, um maybe the stuff about wanting romance, you know the the table for two that beckons and whispers um but yes, definitely very much a a character piece and um, and a bit of a bit of a fun banger. While we're at it, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Nikki actually wrote uh, some of the music to this. I think he wrote right. the 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 verses on guitar.
1: Did it, did it, did it, did it gave me kind of um, flashbacks. I probably used that in a, probably to to like what's feel <laughs> blues flashbacks. Um, yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And um, and but then. And I listened to our own podcast today <laughs> of the episode cool. that came out. But like very um, fashionable. Yeah, I know, right? Um but where we covered the solo albums and and I quite I responded quite well to Nicky's out and I I was very probably quite nasty about Wattsville Blues, but I kinda wanna go back and listen to that now. mate, um, What's Phil Blues is
0: a great song.
1: But it kind of reminded me of that with that little guitar. It's all off kilter and a bit uh, Yeah
0: bit. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it, it this song actually. Do, now you've mentioned it, this song does remind me a little bit of Nicky's solo work with so, because the acoustic guitar is a main instrument and it has that distorted sort of drum sound. Yeah, um, definitely has that. Uh, tombre. Dip. Nice. I like that you did that. That's good. Yeah. Well, that's just you have
1: to get uh, so close to the mic. But that's fine. Sorry. Don't. We're going to become an ASMR podcast, and we don't want to do that. <laughs> I'd love to become an ASMR. <laughs> podcast.
3: I would quit immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I am one of the people that responds to ASMR in that it makes me feel physically uncomfortable.
0: Really? Have you Have you ever watched those? My girlfriend is obsessed with these videos of people cutting sand. Uh, oh, that sounds see, great. See that
3: that sounds vi- visual, uh, like things that look really satisfying. Absolutely
0: melt.
4: But this is melt about melt my crunch. jelly,
0: but. <laughs> It's about the crunch of the sand oh, as well yeah, as the visual really the sort of... Cutting
3: sand. Yeah, no, it's like... Oh,
0: yeah. you can get, have you ever seen, seen that sound? Well, then? you can get that sand? <laughs> not you the kinetic, cutting sand, no. You can get kinetic sand, okay. can,
3: can't you, that sticks together more so you can... Yeah, it's that Ah, yeah. Down. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like I'm going to respond well to that when I inevitably Google it.
1: Put it in the show notes, okay.
0: then. <laughs> well, I'll put it in the show notes, yeah, yeah sure. for anybody that's... Um,
3: <laughs> Yeah, Um, Um, I I disagree. That's a hot bagger, by the way. I think it's really boring, in middle of the road, and plain. And I've got very little to say about it. Uh, (laughs) Really? Yeah. The title I put. The title sounds like it was written by Richie Edwards. Yeah, it was, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: You know that this album? Do you remember what we?
0: That's fine. Remember? Remember? (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of the lighter moments. I don't mean that by sort of, like, lighter in tone. I mean, it sort of feels less, it has less gravitas to it than the rest of the album, I think. It feels a bit flimsier. Yeah. That sounds way, like, more critical than I than I want to be about it, to be honest. Um, but But it feels, if you took this off the album, right, and replaced it with the hidden track, Bag Lady, mm. I wouldn't complain. Right, because okay. the that's hidden track right "Bag Lady" is a better song.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. hidden track
0: "Bag Lady" absolutely fucks.
3: Although the first, <laughs> the first <laughs> words
2: on "Bag Lady" are "I am not dead," so you can see why they didn't. They maybe didn't want to have that on the album proper. You know,
0: that's true. But then the placement of it on the album makes that stand out even more. I suppose so. We'll get we'll get into what, it. We'll get into like it. we get
1: there. Beatles thing. Of Paul is dead. Who? Um, what?
3: <laughs> Paul McCartney?
1: You know what? No, he's alive and well, mate. No. Yeah.
0: From Wings.
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, here, yeah. <laughs> here, here is another moment. The next song is is another moment that I think I would have hoped that Lucas would respond quite well to. Um, it's called Facing Page Top Left. I think it's I think it's literally named after where it is like in the notebook, which oh, cool. I actually think is very cool. Yeah.
5: Here I am, right and shine way down of course. Lines tinted UV protection. This beauty at Dippinea phobia, this beauty at Dippinea phobia, this beauty at Here I am, rise and shine do you, know what, do you know what
0: that reminded me of? Like, non-manics, like, but just then. And it doesn't have the strings, Lucas, but you might be interested in this. Reminds me slightly of Blackout by <laughs> Just in respect of where it is in the album and the things that become come before and after it and the general tone of these two albums, Absolution and this album. That reminds me of Blackout as a little palate cleanser. What are your thoughts on that? I've never heard of that song or that album or that band. <laughs> but, yeah, Fair enough.
1: Fair uh,
3: enough. No, I, I can be <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, obviously we're not comparing the song but to You that, are comparing them, you're comparing them and I disagree. No, he was comparing <laughs> to where it fits on the album in terms of palate cleansinessness. We're not saying but, but it's like your favourite band. But this would
3: be the spot where the palette cleanser Falling Away With You would live on that album because that is and, actually And to that be honest,
0: Lucas, to be honest, Lucas, that's the song I'm thinking of. Oh.
4: <laughs>
3: so, right. Yeah,
0: is that... Okay. So I would agree with you that this <laughs> doesn't remind me of Blackout, but it does remind me of Falling Away With You. So... 1-0? Yeah. yeah i tell you what. It, it, obviously, the... Um, the thing that they're kind of um, mirroring here is small black flowers that grow in the sky. Yeah,
2: yeah. Or oh, this is yesterday as well. I thought a little bit of that.
0: Definitely got a bit of um, this is yesterday. Yeah, uh, especially with um, the picking rhythm and and the general sort of mm. the tone. But obviously the use of the harp Yes. Is kind of small black flowers. It's, yeah, it's da- dangerously close to that thing that I didn't like about Send Away the Tigers with the deliberate callbacks to previous aspects of their career. But I really love this song. I Same. think it works so well. Uh, for years and years, I've got absolutely no idea what it's talking about. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe the beauty no
2: industry and you know, because there's all that, that stuff about skin tone and skin cancer and you know, I don't tinted
0: know tinted UV protection yeah. and stuff
2: like that. Um,
0: I think there's. I, 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 I struggled to separate this album from Richie's time in hospital. I always hear Here I Am Rise and Shine as the hospital wake-up call <laughs> because you would have sort of like the regimented sort of wake-up time in, in the kind of facility like like the Priory or something like that. Yeah. Um, the line, weighed down, of course, I smile, has... It's almost a pun. It's kind of got that double meaning where either he is weighed down by all of the things that are happening to him and he's pretending to be okay or he has weighed down uh, in terms of his actual weight and that makes him happy um, but then of course there's Clean Flesh and Lines Tainted UV Protection and I've got no idea again Like, yeah. just, <laughs> I start off on these ideas where I'm pretty certain like oh that's what the song might be about and then Richie puts something in that makes absolutely no sense to me Um new oily, discolored skin, cancer, calories are all side effects of alcohol, okay. and these are all kind of like that's the most I can sort of say about the song because a lot of it, and a lot of what I love about Richie Edwards' writing is is that a lot of it is is sort of sort of a mystery.
1: This is my probably my second favorite song on the album, and and it, very
0: much responding to that acoustic, yeah. Which sort usually of I'm
1: all about, you know, the big fun. Yeah. Songs, but like, I'm just a sucker for melody, no matter how it's kind of forced down my throat. But like,
0: well, I mean, J- James Dean Bradfield's <laughs> like, you know, uh, if you want melody, go to James Dean Bradfield. He'll yeah. be forcing himself down your throat all day. I,
1: I feel uncomfortable and I need an adult. Um, okay. <laughs> but it's just the way that I can't do it, but just that way down lyric <laughs> is, um, it, yeah, it's just beautiful. That little, oh, yeah. And then, like the so, I think the song basically stops twice, and then yeah, like does, after yeah. the second break, you have these intertwining guitars, like all going over the top of each other. It's just beautiful songwriting. Just the way the first chorus is that one line, this beauty here dripping, sorry, dipping neon phobia, is repeated, and then in the second chorus, it's got a whole mess of other lyrics amongst the same line repeated again. Um, yeah, it- it's just fantastic songwriting, and yeah, it- it's definitely.
0: And so there's that, reference to, um, there's that reference to neophobia, the extreme or irrational fear of dislike of anything new or unfamiliar, Yeah, um, which I think is one of the keys to sort of unlocking the themes of this album. Lucas, I assume that this is one of your preferred tracks on the album because it's lovely.
3: It's quite lovely. Uh, I did write a line of notes that says, that this is a mid-album highlight, but is this pants
1: is telling. But is this what? Pants. But
0: is this pants is telling? But
1: is, is this, this, pants. this pants. pants? Like but is pants. is this pants is telling? But is this pants is. Adam, but is but this pants is, this... is telling?
0: But is this pants is telling? <laughs> yeah. Sure. But is this pants is telling? <sighs> yeah. Simon, what was your response to this song? But is this telling?
2: Um I'm I'm not one who uses the word pants in that way. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> what, you mean you got like more like of
3: a professional critical ear and you sort of yeah. use better, yeah. Better, yeah. better better words <laughs> to describe your thoughts and feelings? Maybe because yeah, because that
2: sounds a bit sort of Trevor and Simon circa 1992 <laughs> or something. I don't know. But <laughs> what if
3: something is pants though? Is telling yeah. his pants is telling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, also you say this neophobia is the fear of the new.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. What's the fear of music
0: called? Uh, I
1: don't
3: know. Let's say it's called. Mu- <laughs> Let's say it's called musophobia. Yeah.
0: Sure. I
3: reckon I've got neo-musophobia. You don't like new music. Which is I right, like just okay. have a photo of this new music. You just yeah. oh god that's a lot of work.
0: That's very good. Give yeah, me something so I listened to in 2011, that
3: please. That's Are familiar. You-
0: is that part of your Type Five? Is that going to be in your stand-up routine?
3: Well, I don't. I'm not going to do a Type Five. I'm going straight to the full hour special. You're going to sure, do the yeah, full yeah, hour special. Yeah, special yeah, 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 great. Netflix will give me a special. <laughs> they need content.
2: Give I me a am
0: less interested in your stand-up special than I am in Simon's thoughts on facing page <laughs> top left.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, to be honest, I, I think it's it's a nice little interlude in the album. I don't have any strong feelings on it. Um, mm. I suppose they had to break up the kind of grinding post punk guitars every now and then, and yeah, it, it's I mean, functional. And yeah, I think I think it, it, it does its job quite quite nicely. But I don't I don't love it. Necessarily. Fair enough.
0: Mm. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, even this joke sport severed
2: is, although it's acoustic
0: and has those strings, it's quite intense in a way that facing page top left isn't.
2: Of the two, I'd probably prefer this joke sport severed. Um, Yeah, yeah. I agree. I would agree with you. Yeah.
0: Um, Talking of uh, grinding (laughs) post-punk guitars... the change of pace. Yeah.
3: <laughs> who, who is the little sister in question? What? So, hey little sister, what have you done?
1: Hey little sister, who's the is. only one? <laughs> yeah. Hey little gotcha. sister,
3: who's your yeah. Superman? Who is the little sister in question?
1: Have you been looking at uh,
2: Queen's of The Stone Age? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> No, I haven't. Is this turning into a Billy Idol podcast? Because I'm I'm well up for it, if it is, by the way. Yeah. Well, it's just weird
3: that they stick a Billy Idol song in the middle of their album.
2: Like... That is a weird choice. I it's suppose. actually not the first time, because The Everlasting steals the melody from Eyes Without a Face by Billy Idol. Which I I I pointed out to James once and he didn't realise it. Until I pointed it out, he said, Oh yeah
3: And I definitely know what that song is and know exactly what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, okay. sure, yeah, yeah. It's a classic. Uh,
0: this has always reminded me of like Public Image Limited. Sure, yeah. With that like motoric sort of electronic drum Ooh, thing yeah. and the I've really picked... like metallic guitar sort of sound.
2: But I love how that guitar sound isn't tethered to anything. It's uh, it reminds me a bit of what um, Ke- Kevin Shields from *My Bloody Valentine* developed that he termed "glide guitar." So it's not quite just bending the note; it's almost manipulating the feedbacks, so up and down yeah, like that. It's a bit yeah. like a sort of air raid siren kind of effect going on with the guitar. It's wonderful. I
0: I love that guitar tone so much. Like I wish they would just use it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's a fantastic tone. Um, I think it's a high. It's a highlight purely because of the stupid cheese
3: guitar, like. There's nothing cheesy. It's just about a God. nice. It's a nice change from the Holy Bible 2.05 to be like a bit Generation Terrorist, silly, like aping. Billy Idol, <laughs> like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I genuinely think that the reference points are probably more post Punk than they are 80s pop. Nah, Billy Idol. Um, like I've written book. Beats in
1: capitals but with a Z. Sure. Oh, Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You
0: should get that as like a tattoo or something. Yeah, across my Um, chest. The Marlon is obviously Marlon Brando. Because they use him twice from the same movie in this song. In his uh, absolutely indecipherable best. Um, (laughs) In another spoken word bit that can fuck off. (laughs) Oh, but surely it... Okay, right. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. (laughs) The JD...
2: James Dean Bradfield? James? Well, it's just James, James Dean, Dean, isn't it? Just yeah. James Dean. Like the, these two, two 1950s icons of yeah. rebel rebel cool, aren't they? You know, I actually feel a connection with this because uh, at uni in my first year, my nickname was JD because I turned up in the middle of a massive James Dean phase. Posters of <laughs> him on my wall. I had a sort of Morrissey-esque quiff and all that. And then in later years of my life, I've been told frequently that I remind people of Marlon Brando. Now, sadly, they don't mean, you know, the young, beautiful Brando of Streetcar (laughs) Named Desire or or the Wilders. They mean fucking Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now or or the the Godfather. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, I've I've got a weird connection with with the title of this one. But, yeah, I I just think it's those kind of um, icons of cool... I suppose that kind of unlocks
0: it, though, is that he's talking about two of those 50s icons of cool, one of whom kind of became almost a parody of himself and was kind of this mad figure and one who died young and didn't have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, that's probably quite telling, uh, I think. I think that says a lot about the person who wrote it. Uh, not that not that the song ever sort of... Uh, draws any conclusions on not
1: that. Not really. It interesting it's how interesting how they use Marlon J.D. as a singular figure there in, in the lyrics. It's, it's interesting how it's done that. Just yeah. goodnight yourself, Marlon J.D. He did not defend himself. I just thought it was interesting.
2: Oh well, Yeah, that bit. Turning the, turning the other cheek is mm. something that Richie spoke about to me. Um, uh, I, I expect Adam, at least, would have seen the interview that Richie did with me in 94, um, which I've, re- I've I used in my book. Um, but there's this whole bit where, I'll just read it out, he goes, but say if I was in a pub and someone attacked me and I knew I'd done nothing wrong, I would quite happily take a beating without doing anything and feel really superior. I would never hit someone back if they hit me. If I'd done something wrong, it's different, but if I was minding my own business, I could easily take a kicking. i think, I don't give a fuck, because you are scum, you're way down there, and I'm above you because I can take it. It's a bit biblical, turn the other cheek and all that, but I like people like Gandhi, and when I see people get picked on, when I see them vainly throw a punch back, half-heartedly, I think they've lost. Any chance they had has gone because they lowered themselves. That's what he said, and I, I think all of that is encapsulated wow. in that, that lyric in this song. Yeah. It
0: is. He stood like a statue as he was beaten across the face. Yeah. Wow. And there's, there's 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 another
2: bit in this yeah. that uh, relates to a song coming up, um, but he says learn to live without clutter, to live without luxury. Um, which there's some ly- lyrics coming up in all his vanity, which also yearn for a simple, basic life, sort of stripped down like that. It's almost monastic, isn't it? That both these things to to live simply, and also this turning of the cheek thing is is something quite mo- monastic. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and that's 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 borne out in the quotes that they they insert here as well the sound clips of Marlon Brando from um, uh, Reflections in a Golden Eye, the best James Bond film, uh, where he <laughs> says, bare floors, plain white walls, no window curtains, nothing but essentials with no luxuries, no ornamentation, utter simplicity, but it's also clean. It's clean as a rifle. Um, yeah, that that's, it's, it's interesting that this is then one of the busiest productions hmm. on uh, on the album, uh, the the the, uh, the song that uh, seems to be mostly talking about sort of that idea of, of a stripped back life or, or yearning for a stripped back life. Um, what what are your reactions as we're going through these lyrics then, Lucas? Having not massively considered them. Uh, before we talked about them, does this sort of raise your opinion of the album, or does it does it even affect it at all? It just really doesn't
3: affect it at all. It's the thing is, A. I'm a Pledman. You know, we know this. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Graham elevate. A. Pledman. Graham A. Pledman. <laughs> Esquire.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, B. You know, I sort of feel like how many times can I just. Listen to you talk about like a load of references that go really like just endless deep references about stuff that's just off my radar because I'm right. Batman. Sure,
0: you've heard of Marlon Brando, who? No, yeah, yeah, fine, <laughs> fine, but you know, like
3: it's just uh, you can talk about lyrics for hours, I can talk about lyrics for minutes,
0: yeah, sometimes not even that, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting I mean like you, you said um, when we did the Holy Bible episodes you know you found those discussions more interesting in the album is that the case here or do you think now that like it's overkill now you know these are sort of some of the same subjects we've been tackling well it's not the even the necessarily Bible. the
3: same subjects it's more just like we've we've done that we've done it
0: <laughs> in, in what regard like we've done what Like
3: I don't know
0: I'm sure tr- oh. This is not this is not your album this is not it not mate? My album. <laughs> <laughs> not your president. Um on the plus side that that might mean that you really like postcards
3: from
4: Don't young man. spoil it for
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> But also you say that
3: after I think lifeblood you said you think I'd like the next two. And
0: yeah what happened haven't you, what were you thinking <laughs> mate? Whoops. Um this next song is is also very interesting. Um I'm just gonna play it. Uh, doors closing slowly.
5: Realize how lonely this is self-defeating of Drowning drowned in love and found kisses A gathering
0: Lucas and Steve, did either of you recognise those lyrics? Where are we talking? Shadow is a cross, okay. Judgment must be willing today. Silence is not sacrifice. Crucifixion is the easy life. I do not recognise that. So they were used in a song we've already covered called Picturesque, which is on uh, the God Save the Mannix EP. Remember there was a song I said where there's a bit of context around this song that we didn't know at the time it had come out? I do remember that conversation, yes. Yeah. So it only, it only became apparent, or at least it only became apparent to me when I first heard this song. So my first impression of this song was, oh, those are lyrics from, from Picturesque, but used in a, a much different way. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is like a funereal, sort of trudging, haunting, grim, claustrophobic sort of march, and I think it's really effective.
1: Yeah, I didn't respond to this song as much. Um, it certainly has a—it's a, a difficult an one. atmosphere. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's t- there's a, there's another quote. You know, there's another sound clip. What do you know? What that's mm. from? Well, I was going to ask you what that is.
0: Uh, it's from the Virgin
2: Suicides.
0: Which is what? Sorry. It's a film.
1: Okay, fine. Like, but the book—the
2: no. book of the—the the book uh, by Jeff Eugenides was one of Richie's favourites. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So but the, the the, uh, yeah that, this is yeah. taken
0: from. Um, I forget who plays the narrator in the version "Suicides," but that's the narrator in the version "Suicides." Okay. Cool. Giovanni Rabisi, There you go. From Friends. <laughs> 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 Would he be really sad if that was what you used as a point
3: of reference? If that's what he's in? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. From Boiler Room. Fine.
0: No, just me. All My right, film fine. knowledge is not good. <laughs> <laughs> he's from Avatar as well. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He's from Avatar. Yeah. yeah. Like, everyone knows Giovanni Ribisi. He's one of those actors that no guy. one can name Yeah, he's a, yeah. he's an absolute that guy. Um Simon, what was your reaction to like the tone of this song? It seems um at once an odd and brave decision to put something so funereal. On this album,
2: I would say that the pace of it isn't that funereal. I'd sort of put it in the same bracket as something like "If you tolerate this, your children will be next." Tempo-wise, I might be wrong about you, that. You, I'd have you to think this would be a number one single. <laughs> <laughs> well, <maybe not. laughs> I'd, I'd have to feed them both into Virtual DJ or something to see if the BPM are roughly the same. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I think um, in some ways it's uh, touching upon similar subject matter to some of the other songs. So there's that line about throwing the first stone and lots of stuff about judgment and
6: crucifixion
2: yeah. is the easy life. And and again, yeah, it's it's got some of that, um, I don't know, fire and brimstone, Sharia law There's stuff a lot of there. religion,
0: yeah, a lot of religious iconography on this song as well. Actually. Yeah. We're talking about bleeding feet and angels yes. saviors
2: and stuff. Stigmata kind of thing, yeah.
0: Yeah. There's just so much going on on this album, man. Like... I've been listening to it for thirteen years, and I'm still discovering things about it. Like, and I'm sure there'll be more and more things that that we'll all like connect at when we, when we listen to it again. Because I'm sure, Lucas, you'll be listening to this plenty. Um. <laughs> hmm? uh,
1: without spoiling later, I'm definitely going to listen to this album again a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah and yeah.
1: I want to spend more time with it because because of the nature of how we do this podcast is that you know, we, we listen to the album and then we will listen to the next one. We won't listen to the next one unless we've listened to the first one one before it. So I I like this album, Adam. It's good, isn't it's it? Really it? Good. Good,
0: yes. Yes. See, Simon, do you think this album's good? Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
3: See, I like. I'm growing increasingly. I'm not going to do it yet. I'll save it for like near the end. But I'm increasingly curious to go back to the Holy Bible because
0: mm.
3: you know. But this, I've no need to go back to. You I
0: know, don't know. Look, maybe yeah. this one will grow on you as well. I you don't know, know. Think I'm not going to give it a chance to another, grow on me because I've only Another twenty
3: listens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh,
0: Guys, do you do you think that this next song sounds like a fun spy caper? Well,
3: <laughs> just just to give my opinion on this song, which I haven't been asked for yet. Okay, sure. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you know I haven't got a really big take about this song?
0: Because uh, I know you and have known you for fifteen years. Um,
3: <laughs> I've got two lines. Yeah, uh, it says first one says I have zero notes. At least right. it's short. <laughs> you wrote that. <laughs> yeah, and then the second line wrote "spoken word can fuck off" just again, right, just, yeah, just to okay. drive that point. So that down. that first sentence isn't true. I have zero notes. At least it's short.
0: No, I have zero notes. Well, because that is a note. Well, that assumes that I have
3: that you, you're assuming what the notes I'm referring to are on.
0: Right.
1: Anyway, I have zero grab notes your... about
3: algebra. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Crap <Fact. Grab> your
0: <laughs> Turtleneck sweater <laughs> and your Walther PPK for this next song. <laughs> Spy caper, yeah. but then there's a riff. Yeah. And I fucking love that riff. Uh, can I interest
1: yeah. you in bum bum bam bum bum bam, Adam?
0: Yeah, you can. Okay. If yeah. Sure. That's actually very interesting, Stephen. It's funny that you brought that up. <laughs> um Okay. <laughs> they even put a the Holy Bible style
3: like reverb effect on his voice on his vocals in this one. again like they're really yeah. Anyone who denies the comparison is a madman. Yeah, sure. a madman. But I think
2: this this track is absolutely superb. It's the high point of the album for me. Really?
3: Yeah, it's yeah. Great. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's...
2: right, right from the begin. The drums at the beginning. It's yeah. very um, Joy Division. She's lost control. I thought that kind yeah. of feel to it. Oh, it does have that Joy Division
0: yeah. sort of feel to it.
2: Yeah. Um, but just the whole. It's yeah. It's it's sort of sends the hairs on, on your arms sticking up it's, it's spine tingling It's and just the, the lyrics are so I think they're very focused on this one some of the lyrics on, on, on the album kind of do veer all over the place from one, one verse to the next but this one you've got that whole thing I would prefer no choice and you mentioned this earlier didn't you I would prefer no choice one bread, one milk, one food that's all I'm confused yeah. I only want one truth I really don't mind being lied to which I think is yeah. an amazing bit of writing and and for me, it chimes with freedom of speech won't feed my children. From know your enemy. Uh, so you know, the Mannix have often seemed to feel th- this pull of a kind of communist surveillance state. You know, like like East yeah. Germany. Uh, and th- th- they're aware, obviously, of that kind of trade-off b- between being provided for, but being watched at the same time. And I I think, you know, this this is why they went to Cuba and then later on James wrote a lyric slagging themselves off for going to Cuba. <laughs> um, yes, so, yeah. you know, we haven't but got they there they, yet, they do yeah. have that kind of, you know, that that sort of um, sort of tug of war in, in their own hearts about whether whether they'd rather live in a communist or a capitalist society and I think that's what's going on in this in this track. And there's also which that which is very cold war. Yes, which it, is is. Why it
0: sounds like a 60s spy caper. There we ah, go.
2: There we go. <laughs> And that there's also that really blunt and brutal refrain: "It's the facts of life, sunshine," which yeah. deal with it, of, get on with it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. it's comparable in my mind to "Who's responsible? You fucking are." On, yeah. Walking, yeah. on walking, abortions, yeah. that kind of that kind of thing. That kind of basically grabbing the listener by by the lapels and saying, "It's on you." So yeah, yeah. definitely. Th- these
0: these lyrics again, like, are just really great in my book. Um. Slightly interestingly, these were again used in Picturesque. So Picturesque is like a composite of the lyrics from Doors Closing Slowly slowly and All Is Vanity. I prefer the use of the All Is Vanity lyrics in Picturesque than I do here. I do. Picturesque is like an odd one for me in that very few people have heard it and it's one of my favourite Manic songs. It just makes... Here, there is like a sense of defiance about the music but on Picturesque there is that that like classic Mannix melancholy and it makes it makes the I would prefer no choice, one bread, one milk, one food that's all sound very defeatist rather than a kind of set of rules for living your life. It mm. feels like someone is giving up. So there's my in-depth analysis on a song that we're not talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Adam, how do you feel about the fact that
1: this song plays through and then it repeats the lyrics again?
0: Yeah, bad. I feel bad about that. Yeah. But if the first half of your song is that good, yeah, fine. Just, do just, again. Do again. <laughs> just do it again. Just do it again. I'm annoyed when people repeat bad songs. Right, sure. <laughs> but repeat good bits all you want. Uh, lucas, how did you feel about the riff? This seems like a very lucas sort of riff. Yeah, good riff. <laughs> good yeah. riff. A good Grif. riff does not a good song make, though. Yes, okay. But, That's thank you, fine. You're making me feel bad about myself. I'm I've
3: put a little take about why I don't like this, but it's, it's all stuff we've covered a thousand times before. Sure. I just needed to remind myself of it, which is I don't like lo-fi, I don't like small... Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't like small. I've uh, something I've come to realize what I like in Don't in, like small. What, must I, be what big. I like in music and I think also, not lo-fi must be And big. I think also in films I'm coming to realize is I
0: like just big. I just like big. Well, your favorite one of your favorite filmmakers is Christopher Nolan. Uh who is, have I ever been um, on record saying that? Uh you rate all of his films very highly and they are big films. I'm yeah. shrugging,
3: by the way, to the listeners. Uh, I <laughs> do rate films. most of his
0: films quite highly. That is true.
3: Yeah. Going to see big. going to see Tenet tomorrow, so got that to look forward to.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. I, I'm not stepping foot in a cinema, yeah. I went to one the other day. It was fine. I only got a little bit of COVID. Sure. Um, okay, <laughs> just a touch. Just a touch. Um, for some reason, I don't know if it's because they're put next to each other at the back end of an album but I always see this as a companion piece to the next song okay Do, does anybody know, can anybody put a it's on it's very
1: stilted, jagged, that's... off kilter the riff is I, I right, wonder if yes, it's that no, kind
3: right. of thing but that that's it also a that. thing People, you look for patterns don't you and you often create these little like pairs in things and like yeah. even if there's nothing really there you just put two songs on an album you associate them or two Films or whatever you just you know it's just that is true it's yeah so ma-
0: maybe that's what I'm doing let's have a little uh, listen to 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 it. Tension, Repulsion, yeah, you're right. It's like the off-kilter, slightly confusing riffage of of it that sort of reminds me of all his vanity, I think. I don't know how one writes music to those lyrics. Pornographic versus pornographic.
2: Oh, God. Well, not
0: even... I mean... (laughs) We'll get on to that okay. because I've got like mm. a big <laughs> oh. shrug over here. But sickened and how streaked and spurned pluck lived compelled and called. I don't know how James Dean Bradford went. Yeah, I know the melody there. Easy, <laughs> easy. It's these chords. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I know. Yeah.
2: Or name-checking the painting Odalisque by Angres. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We thought right. Bad. Yeah, I do know what to do here. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, Grand Odelisque by Jean. Auguste Dominique Ingress is a painting of a concubine from 1814, currently in the Louvre, and it's a picture where the the artist has deliberately distorted the woman's body. She has extra bones, which, mm. which, makes, which makes the next line uh, sort of make sense. Yeah. Odalise by grace extra bones for sale. But then pornographic versus pornographic. Ouch. Hmm. Is some... Um, I don't even... My comprehension of that line is so minimal that I don't even know if I like it.
1: Wasn't there a line, you're going to have to help me out here, something about, in another Manic song, about being a child and seeing pornography for the first time?
2: Life becoming a landslide. Ah, oh, right. Okay, again. Uh, yeah. and
1: it it reminded me of that. Even though I could not remember the fucking name of the song, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's that kind of loss of my innocence. My idea of it? love.
0: My idea of love comes from a childhood glimpse of pornography. I think is the lyric. Right.
2: Um, I Any if... takes
0: on pornographic versus pornographic? Oh well, any they, idea
2: what they they love not just Richie but you know Nikki as well reversals and palindromes and anagrams and that sort of wordplay. Um, so, yeah. like, you know, Revol slash Lover. Um, mm. In you Alone. In Ola Alone, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think this is a bit of a lame example of that, to be honest. I just don't think it comes off. Regardless of yeah. what you're trying to say with it, I just but think maybe cross that one out personally. Yeah. I
0: think younger me wanted to be like, no, but it must mean something. But... Uh, I'm not sure that it actually does. And so it makes me feel of... very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas, pornographic versus pornographic. Well, what it means? Surely you... Yeah, I, I've got it.
1: Okay, he's, he's it. sorted okay. it. Yeah, well, it is, what
3: whats it is? It what is? Is
1: I'm wincing. Went- non- it's nonsense. Okay, fine. Right. Okay, yeah, yes, thank well, you. Probably... Yeah. yeah, excellent. <laughs> cool.
0: That's probably actually correct. you um... just noticed it rhymed. More general thoughts on the songs, though? I mean, I, I do quite like it. I don't think it's as strong as All all Is Vanity.
2: I think it's a weak point on the album, really. Um, the recurring guitar motif reminds me of Invisible Sun by The Police, and that's probably never a good thing. <laughs> right, um, okay. Yeah. Very rarely do you want to be reminded of anything <laughs> by The Police.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. Um, it has this weird, Lucas. mad, jagged
1: solo, like... Yeah, the yeah solo I do is like something. that solo. solo is yeah. something.
0: I do I do respond quite nicely to that. So it reminded me of the solo on Intravenous Agnostic from Know Your Enemy. Oh. Um, I actually think that this next song sounds a lot like something from Know Your Enemy, um, which is absolutely my jam because that's one of my favourite Maddox albums. <laughs>
1: I can tell you why you really like Adam, and I'm probably going to get murdered for this. It's REM. It does sound a bit like REM. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but a
3: bit
0: more cheeky.
1: <laughs> yeah. Who
3: is singing? Is this JDB? Yeah, right,
4: you know, he sounds, like he, he sounds
3: like he sounds like Randy Newman or a Bob Dylan piss take <laughs>
4: oh in my the chorus. God. <laughs> what? Jesus
3: Christ. Like, sounds like <laughs> it sounds like, is... like a Bob Dylan joke singer. <laughs> no. He's doing something what with his voice in that about? chorus. He's doing something with his it's voice in that cor- No, it's something more nonsense than that. Oh, <laughs> he's putting on a silly voice.
0: Um,
1: it's one no, like highlights no, of the album for me. One of the highlights as yeah, you said. Yeah, say? I
0: really like this one. Yeah, I I used to it's not It's a catchy like this chorus
1: song, though. This yeah, actually really this actually
3: had Hannah my other half singing it in the kitchen. Not she didn't know the words so she just started singing about cooking in the kitchen but <laughs> yeah. to the melody Amazing. of this. Oh, yeah, which is it's funny because well, well. this actually has lyrics about cooking but yeah. That aside. Yeah. And it's
0: great that she was humming along quite happily to a song. About the Virginia State Epileptic Colony. Yeah, uh, that's. Oh my God! Uh, that's great. I didn't
3: catch the title of the song, and I had a whole yep. joke set up about VSec, um, and I can't make it anymore because I can. I've just realised that VSec is Virginia State Epileptic Colony. Well, yes, I've yeah. just
1: realised. I was going to ask what VSec stands for, and yeah. I just now I've seen it's, the words in front it's of the me. The title of the song. Yeah. Okay. It's, all, yeah. it's also an yeah. IT security conference.
3: Let's just. Good Make that clear Thanks Google
0: Well thanks for your input
3: Um, Also that That Virginia State Virginia State Colony For Epileptics And the Feeble Minded Which is the full name Of that institution
0: Still open Okay Uh, Well actually no It closed in June of this year Oh. Oh
3: It's past June, or right, I didn't realise it were past June because this year's um, disappeared beneath my feet. But it opened, in, it
0: opened <laughs> in 1910, and I suppose the distinction of it is that it's a colony rather than a residential home or a treatment centre. So it means its purpose was to actually uh, keep those people away from the general public as they were deemed unfit for reproduction. And wow. the feeble-minded uh. I mean, yeah, that's a, a particularly horrible term, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, it, you're right, Lucas. It, it closed uh, very recently, although had become an assisted living facility. Yeah, it Changed the name; it too. was no longer used as a place to segregate
3: Central Virginia Training Center.
0: Right, bit sure. more
3: approachable name. Sure,
0: although I don't love the use of the word "training" in the context that that uh, is used in. To be honest. Uh, yeah. yeah. But the American uh, approach to mental health, mental illness and disabilities is it's very different to the sector that I work in hmm. and that's all I'm gonna say about
2: it. <laughs> but again, essentially yeah. broadly it's broadly it's sort of another hospital scenario. It is, know, yeah. Um they sit around tables, rendered dumb, coloured sticks of chalk are passed around. Today the doctors allow the illusion of choice tomorrow the next split there is no voice but that thing the illusion of choice uh, also plays into the you know i would prefer no choice in the yeah, two absolutely. songs earlier so you know thematically it's it, it starting to feel like a very cohesive album because a lot of these things are coming up again and again um and there's interesting another that,
0: um sorry there's another like little richie motif i know he's written a few times about caged and trapped animals yeah. especially on small black flowers yeah. and so the use of piggy in the in the chorus kind of recalls that motif i think
2: i tell you what that that recalled to me the piggy 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 thing 9 inch nails um on the downward yeah. spiral which is uh, the downward spiral being one of the two albums i sort of grouped together in a trilogy with the holy bible the other being in utero which of course was right. um overtly um an influence here um so yeah, um it's interesting that you, you mentioned REM. That hadn't occurred to me, but I can definitely hear it now that you say that. I also thought it's a little bit Springsteen esque with the piano going on. Um definitely. which um in Manic's terms makes me makes me think of Little Baby Nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about how they wanted to sound like the E Street band for that song. Mm. Um Yeah, that yeah. It doesn't have a massive sort of generation terrorist feel to it though, this song, does it? It's got a little piano break. It's cheeky. Yeah, Uh, I loved it. (laughs) It's just just very cheeky. Um, There's another sound clip, uh, Lucas, which I know that you'll enjoy. Uh... Um, (laughs) uh, I think this is the one that they had to be quiet about a Around the time of release. Alright. I don't want to blur up anybody's spot, but there's a sound clip on here that they couldn't officially get clearance for, so it's lower in the mix than. Oh uh, right. <laughs> than some of the. Because oh, so they didn't get rid of it, one. they just thought we'll try and sneak it in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Nice. yeah um, it's it's from uh, a film called The Dialogues with Solzenitsin which I'm pretty sure I'm butchering, um, which is a documentary made by Alexander Sokhorov about Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who's a Russian novelist, philosopher and historian who served eight years in a Soviet labour camp for criticising Stalin in private letters to a friend. I'm not really sure what that has to do with the song. I mean the quote itself is stupidity of the rulers fatal disease, the silence of millions of witnesses, envy of the workshop exile, diligence, they're in a state prison suit, just ponder upon these words on eternal settlement I suppose there's allusions to the, the idea of it being a prison or stupidity of rulers maybe having someone you know who is in charge of the things you can do each day, I suppose there's allusions to that um but on the track I think it's all in Russian so I never would have got that without looking it up <laughs> <laughs> um, which brings us to the last proper song on the album without the hidden track um, Lucas can you just tell me right now if you like this one or not why do I have to tell you before because if you don't like it I do not want
3: to hear from <laughs> <that>. <laughs> don't censor me
4: Okay. We'll talk after we'll talk after (laughs) you play it. Okay, cool. cool.
6: I you know. Steve, what
3: was I gonna say about
1: that song? Um, I just wondered if you had a take about that little sound effect at the start. Yeah,
3: what
1: is that take? That uh, what was the song that they said wanted to make it sound like an asteroid going? And you're gonna say that that sounds more like that? Nope, I'm gonna okay, say fine. that
3: that sound effect at the start sounds like the intro to uh, "Blue" by Eiffel 65. Jesus
1: Christ. Anyway, um, moving on. Yeah, Okay. Now Um, listen up. Here's a story about a little guy. (laughs) Just to completely change the mood, I can't (laughs) listen to that song without crying. Yeah. Uh, The first time I heard that song, it had been a couple of weeks since I seen my son. I was in a particularly bad anxiety hole. And then I listened to William's uh, last words and I blubbed. Um, It's very obvious what it's about. Um, and now because of that first time I heard it, I can't listen to it without welling up. And I did then. Um, and I find it difficult to listen to uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I pretty much echo those thoughts. I mean, I, and the most obvious one is is that, um, is that Nikki has refuted that it is any kind of I mean, some people have deemed it like a goodbye or an ersatz almost suicide note. I've seen written mm. a lot of places. Um, Nikki refutes that. James Dean Bradford says, you can draw some pretty obvious conclusions from the lyrics. Um, it's difficult for me to not hear that way, hear, hear it that way. I think whichever yeah. way you look at it, what you ultimately have is a song sung by Nikki in which he seems to be saying goodbye to his best friend using words written by that friend. And it is difficult not to be moved by that, regardless of whether or not it sounds like I'm Blue by Eiffel 65.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a a toughie. I don't have a lot to say to it. Um, Nicky had to sing this song. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. that. That James' voice wouldn't have fit it, and obviously the subject matter, whether it's about that or not, uh, it's beautiful and it's agonising. Um, I didn't enjoy listening to it. I don't know if that... It is, it's a beautiful song, but like I, I think that's probably just because I was in a bad state when I first heard it, so I just associate the song with that now. But um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. I don't have much to say about.
0: It's a wonderful... Palette cleanser after the album yeah it it um, it's in a completely different sort of mood to the rest of the album I think maybe not completely different but it certainly stands apart um, Simon what was your first reaction when you first heard the song can you remember
2: I mean it's almost too much too much to take mm. um, I can very much empathise with Steve's feelings about it um I mean, WIRE can say that it's not a suicide note. And I, I think in some ways it's fair to say that because that's being—that's just being precise, isn't it? Because what it is is, is a farewell. Um, to yeah. call it a suicide note would be implicitly to be coming down on one side of the question of Richie's ultimate fate, yeah. which nobody knows. But it, it is clearly um, a saying goodbye song him to them but also them to him with with you know nicky singing it in a way it almost feels like by putting this at the end and having a change of vocalist they are editorializing about what's gone before it's a comment on what's gone before i think i think that's that's how that functions um it really matters that nicky wire sings it um because he's not a singer with the best will in the world he's got a fragile mm-hmm. human weak Voice, and I I mean that in 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 a good way. Cause some of my favourite singers from Bernard Sumner from New Order, Mark Almond, are kind of in some ways weak singers, but it's very human. Nick Cave uh, has that for me. Yeah, although there's uh, a theatricality to Nick Cave that that's you true. Don't really get with those other guys, Um but yeah, I mean, the lyrics are almost calculated. Well. They're not, are they? But you, you would almost feel that they're calculated to send send the tears rolling. It's uh, you know, when the dawn brings the dew, I'll be watching over you. Wish me some luck as you wave goodbye to me. You're the best friends I ever had. It's you know, mm. yeah. it's hard not to get choked up. Bit of there's a bit of Welsh in there as well. Good night, North Star. Um yeah. North Star. is So, just night yeah, it's it's a bit like um, in the Christian funeral service in one version of it anyway there's there's a um, a reading that, that goes um, something like um, the sun shall not strike them by day nor the moon at night and it's just so overwhelming that, that bit of prose that it almost seems that the funeral service is saying to you look if you're going to cry, cry now this is the context, this is the place if you're going to blub, do it here and now and I feel by putting this track at the end of the album with these really overtly heartbreaking lyrics, sung by Richie's best friend, it's you know it's it's really um, you'd almost say it's emotionally manipulative if, if you didn't know yeah. that, how 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 much it means to them. Yeah, um, I tell you what, it reminds me of um, Nick's lyri- uh, Sorry, Nick's vocals in this uh, sound quite Lou Reed to me, but. Um, particularly um the album songs for drella which um uh, lou reed made with john cale uh which is a kind of tribute to and a biography of andy warhol um I'm writing that down and i i don't know if that's just me reading too much into it but um hey that's what we're that's all about it. on this podcast so. <laughs> <laughs> and also worth saying here that uh because we were talking earlier about the editing job that um Went into all of these songs, really, but this song in particular, a hell of an editing job because yeah. we, you know, we we, um, we we can see the the original um, sort of A4 sheet and a half or whatever of uh, this is typing. the one that and is,
0: it, is it, prose, isn't it? Basically,
2: yeah, yeah. and it, it starts oh, right. off going on about Gracie Fields, and it's got all this business about a drummer boy and all kinds of things, and that aren't really relevant to what ends up in the song. So they've chosen the words that are just going to tug at the heartstrings and basically just you know, just do you in, and it and yeah, it really yep. does.
0: Yeah, and it's not like yeah. the Manics to really do that either. All of their sentimentality no. has previously been couched in anger or frustration or uh, like a, a defeatist uh, sort of attitude, and this is one of the first, perhaps one of the only examples of of them being purely sentimental. Um, and, and and it's interesting you, you talked about the, in, the the editing job actually is that I suppose I hadn't really thought about this but like if if Nicky is editing it down from a page and a half of prose then actually it's less Richie writing a goodbye than it is Nicky writing a goodbye to Richie using his words
2: yeah he's cherry picking the valedictory stuff there isn't yeah. he yeah
0: yeah uh I think that that is a, a really like stunning song. Um, yeah, you. Got, uh, I'm getting choked up now. To be honest, like you, you can't. There's not a lot of. There's not a lot you can. A lot else you can say about that song, obviously. Except I, I've I've never thought of it sounding like. 465 65 before, so that's a new <laughs> that is a new wrinkle for every
1: remember time that I listen to it <laughs> Remember when we said Lucas hadn't had death threats yet? Oh yeah, that's the one, <laughs> that is the one
3: <laughs> Lucas- I mean, I haven't actually had a chance to give my actual opinion. No, I was going is- to say, it's, it's acoustic
0: <laughs> guitar and it's strings and this sounds like it should be kind of up pure alley
3: Never would I have expected prior to this album that my favourite song on an album would be sung by... <laughs> Nicky Wire. Yeah, that's a turn yeah. up for the book. Historically, I am not massive on the uh, the songs that he's the singer on or his solo stuff. Mm. But yes, it's a lovely little little song. Yeah, it's a. I'm more yeah. of a Robot Man than you guys, so I didn't cry. You or haven't anything. been
0: walking around listening to it and crying or anything. No, no. But sure. I was nice. doing it in my kitchen while I was cooking. I was
1: blubbing into my fucking curry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, of course like it's not technically the last track on the album it's the last one listed mm. um, I'm wondering why they chose to have this one as as the last track there, there is the sense of symmetry that both this and the Holy Bible are 13 tracks long um, I think it was also suggested by somebody and I cannot remember who um, whether it was in the band or not in the band or it was something that I've just picked up from the ether that they did not want to play this one live. And so when they were planning to play the album in full, they deliberately omitted this one from the track listing. That seems tenuous at best. (laughs) Um, But I think, think, yeah, Simon, you you were alluding to the fact that it, it begins with the lyrics, I am not dead.
2: Oh, we're talking about Bag Lady now, yeah. Because yeah. um, I wasn't sure which version of the album we're on about. Because there's a Japanese one where you've got Alien Orders, Invisible Armies, the instrumental, and there's a uh, oh, right, Primitive yeah. Painters by Primitive Painters by Felt. Where Adam the, has it, strict rules against oh, Japanese I have bonus very tracks. Very strict rules. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm actually not sure what you get if you just paid for the normal sized CD as opposed to the one that's shaped like a book. Because I've I've only got the book. One, yeah, so have I. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, there's the the cover of Primitive Painters by Felt, which takes some balls from James Dean Bradfield to basically cover Elizabeth Fraser from the Cocteau Twins' kind of ecstatic chorus vocals on that. Um, if you if you've heard it, but yeah, Bad Lady is quite a, a sort of tough riff based one. You know, it 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 it, it could. You, you you could drop it in where Marlon JD or, or uh, Peeled Apples or All His Vanity sit in the album, and it would it would sit perfectly well yeah. as one of those kind of you know. Let's have a sort of quick let's have a quick listen to it. To tracks. Um, yeah.
0: Strong for a hidden track. (laughs) It's dirty, innit? That sounds the most like the Holy Bible. I was gonna say that you could have
1: told me that was ripped straight from those recordings, and I would have believed you like tenfold. Yeah, the guitar, the yeah, everything. Also,
0: it takes a certain amount of something—courage, balls, (laughs) something—to end your album with a song. Saying goodbye to somebody who has recently been declared presumed dead, and yeah. then immediately follow up that song with the line, I am not dead. Yeah. Um, do you think that's a, I mean, that has to be, that can't be anything other than a deliberate move on their part, right? Or it must have at least occurred to them.
2: They often do things th- that are crying out for the listener to read something into and then they'll say no you shouldn't read that into it so you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know walk me to the bridge for example being just something off the top of my head that you know something yes. like that yeah uh, yeah so i don't know uh
0: it's it's a hot banger for me um generally what 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 do you guys think of it it's
3: a bit of a banger
0: it yeah why is it a hidden track
3: yeah i feel like hidden tracks should be exclusively uh, reserved for like silly little weird little ditties or, you know, like Her Majesty by some band. of can't remember who they are. Um, but to actually have like a full-blown song yeah, that is one of the stronger ones probably on, on the album if it was to count, which I kind of wouldn't sure. count it almost, it seems strange. I feel like it, weird.
1: So if... Was this if you were to put in a CD into your hi-fi, Adam? Yes. Um, your three CD change you got from Argos. Let me fire up my would, hi-fi. Would, would this song technically be William's last words? As in, it's that track that just carries on and on and on, and then it.
0: Yeah, William's last words is like ten and a half minutes long.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like it's, it's not it's... on Spotify. No.
0: I don't know, Simon. You were talking about it before we played the clip. I don't know if it's on every album of uh, every version of the album you buy.
2: No, um, earlier today I was listening <laughs> to Sound really Pretentious to this uh, Japanese edition, and it's on there. And on there it's actually um, the track that's 10 minutes long, and I mentioned it before, is uh, their cover of Primitive Painters by Felt. And there's about a four minute gap at the end of that, and then Bag Lady kicks in. Ah. Oh. Um, yeah, so. So they even, it, they it, even it does hit it on
0: the end of a bonus track when they released it in Japan.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Is, yeah, quite extra, really. Yeah, it really is.
0: I, I don't think it appears on the single C D version. Right. I think it does only appear on the book version. Or I'm getting mixed up and it does appear on the single C D version complete with lyrics, but the double C D version doesn't have the lyrics in there. Oh, okay. There's something But it's strong, back. you know, I
2: I think I think they could have kicked out potential repulsion and put that in instead quite easily. Yeah,
0: definitely. I think I, I, I would quite happily take the, the the what I find to be the weakest track which is probably Jennifer play Lovers or she bathed herself in a okay. bath of bleach and, and, and yeah replace it with replace it with that. Um but that that, that is the album, guys. Yeah. What do we think?
1: are we doing are we doing scores let's or we do doing? scores
0: let's do favourite tracks let's do what we generally think of the album
1: <laughs> I can't remember what we do the <laughs> album is just uh, ultimately tinged with a kind of sadness and it's got this ghost of Richie however you want to say it over the top of it so you feel his presence across the entire thing which makes a lot of sense um, it's very dark and brooding it's weirdly catchy and uplifting
0: sometimes <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, it contains the multitudes, great.
0: I believe. Is the... I don't
1: understand them. <laughs> yeah, it's very off-kilter jagged, but it's like full of melody and beautiful. Like, So this might be my favourite Manix album so far.
5: Ooh, a
4: what? la la.
1: Yeah. And this is why I might need to re-jig. Uh, I got very excited, Simon, in uh, the Send Away the Tigers episode because I was all for the cheesy bangers and I may have given it a 9 out of 10. Now, I want to... <laughs> and That's, right. the, that's, that's my favourite one so far, if you're going by scores. I want to take that back to 7, because I got too excited. <laughs> OK, so this
0: isn't a 10 out of 10 album for you.
1: This may be 8 or 9, and I'm going to say 9. Oh, This is all lovely. absolutely... Baffling
3: to me. Okay.
1: Imagine how everyone feels about your scoring system. <laughs>
3: not, no, not, not, not the opinion, um, not the opinion, but the way you've spoken about this album has not been anywhere near the level of praise that you gave the Holy Bible or Send Away the Tigers. The enthusiasm,
0: that I don't think, has been. You can have a lot of fun strong. with Send Away the Tigers, yeah, and there is potentially a limit to the amount of fun you can have with Journal for Plague Lovers.
1: When I listened to this, I realised. Yeah, it's just fantastic. It really is. And I think that and, that's uh,
0: the dichotomy between something you enjoy and something you respect as a piece of art, right?
1: Yeah, although, so yeah, this is the thing. I remember I was talking about the Holy Bible, I will give it to Nate, um, about how I really respected it as a piece of art, but didn't necessarily enjoy it. Yeah. I feel like I can enjoy this album a lot more, and yet it still has a lot of that sentiment of the Holy Bible in it. So that's why I that's feel like I prefer this album, so the Holy Bible, as a new listener to Manix. You know, I haven't had those years of yeah, yeah, yeah of absorbing the Holy Bible like everyone else has. However, cracking, love that's it. That's me, Lucas. Seven,
3: eight. <laughs> Oof! I, st- I can't believe you just bumped Send Away the Tigers down to seven just because of how much you've talked up that album, how much you I f- thought, no, I how much he'd... you love it. And you've bumped it down to the same grade as, like, pretty basically. I mean, you've given everything between a six and an eight. I think he bumped so it down to a seven. You eight, just bumped it into just like the middle so of seven. all your albums. That's madness. He well, bumped to it down me. to a seven. It's yeah.
0: absolute madness. So, to below me. the holy Honestly, bible Honestly, Lucas, now. it
1: is so rich of you to talk about the <laughs> I know. Doing, and for once, revising yeah, them. Because I defense. can be on the other end. Yours and is, say You're being
3: right. a fucking maniac. Come on,
0: Lucas. Give it to me.
3: I don't fucking
0: know. What's the
3: lowest I've given an album so far? You gave Nicki
0: Wire's solo album a nah, two. No, don't count the solo album. Okay, you gave know. the Holy no. Bible a three out of three. ten.
3: Two. Oh wow. One. I don't care. Like literally, I give this. I I give this no score. What? I give this na.
0: Are you giving this a, a zero?
3: No, 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 no. Okay, fine, I'll give it a two if you want a number, but I'll, yeah, I'll, I, would a gla- number. I would gladly give this an N.A., as in, this album doesn't exist. Okay. Mad. And si- as in, I just
2: feel nothing. And Simon, how much does that <laughs> fill you with rage? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know he's doing a shtick. I know it's a shock jock thing. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. It's just- <laughs> You know, it's, it's all it's, a character. It's all, all clickbait. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the I,
0: fucking I, thing is, Simon, I've known this guy for 15 years and it's not. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, if, it makes,
3: if, it, if it helps Simon sleep, he can think that. But, I mean, I did give the Holy Bible
2: a three.
4: <laughs> I,
2: I mean, point. I I did say at the start that one thing I loved about the Mannix was how antagonistic they were and how a lot of people hated them and all that kind of stuff. So I suppose I've just got to go with that. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Here's, here's something yeah, yeah. you've got to love creation. Lucas now.
4: <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and bear
3: Is in that... mind, you know, it's, I've not done this shtick the whole way through. Uh, what did I give? Like everything must go. Uh, like you called it
0: a great album and gave Ooh. it a seven. Right, yeah, okay. cool. And then, yeah, and, no. then and then he talked album. about Arcade Fire being good but not great and gave it an eight out of ten. And then you called Lifeblood a wonderful album and gave it a six all over yeah, the place yeah but yeah, mine's mental almost, it's, almost all over the pla- it's almost all
3: over the place it's almost as all over the place as like the album you've talked up for months and months and months and have all these deep emotional connections to and love dearly to bumping it down to the same grade as like probably what he gave Gold Against the Soul Uh <laughs> he gave Gold Against the Soul, uh, Against the Soul okay,
1: six okay Generation 10 are you actually
0: bumping it down to a seven Steve not an eight
1: I need to think I, about this oh, right, I, I, think, think
3: about I, think I think that is madder than I was so I've affected done. by
1: this album I think that, that is- I felt like having it at like at the same level as, it seemed wrong to me. I need to think about okay. it but, but then I'm you can giving... just
3: go higher. Like you, you're missing. You're doing what I'm doing, which you're refusing to go above a certain threshold. Yeah. Of you could give this album
0: a ten if you want. Yeah, I'm you not Could just it do 10. that. Um, anyway. So I, 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 I <laughs> stuck. Uh, we left on a cliffhanger with my score last week for sending Away the Tigers, um, which were I said it was either a four or a five or a six. I'm going to stick with the five. Yeah. It seems I'm going to stick list. with the five this okay. one
2: Simon you go next <laughs> predictably it's a 10 from me um, if you're going to be really pedantic about it you might rewind and point out that I did mention a few relatively weak moments a couple maybe on this mm. album so how can I give it a 10 um, so maybe it, you, know, you could say it should be a 9 but I would argue that as an overall artistic project it's it's a 10, it's just a it's it's unique in the history of rock i think mm. for um a, this kind of collaboration across decades between people who used to be in the same band um, i can't really think of another example where where it's happened and to carry it off it, and it took it took some courage i think for them for them to do it and uh, and, and and to pull out a record that good relatively late in their career and in fact every time the Manics make a good album I'm like oh wow they've still got something in the locker yeah. and this was one of those for me um, yeah uh, I, I just think it's, it's extraordinary I mean um, John Niven in that essay said it's giving voice to someone who can no longer speak for themselves and I think that kind of sums it up Yeah,
0: that is, that is an amazing
3: way to put it and yeah I, I think saying that there's weak songs on an album I think that's like you can give an album a 10 out of 10 and still know that there are like ups and downs that's
1: that's totally
0: valid there you right? go Simon Lucas yeah. just let you have it as a, as a you. thank out you out
2: so I'm much I'm just saying I agree with
0: <laughs>
4: the stance that, <laughs> so
1: yeah because you you would have no Adam that's no um, That's a good point yeah. like, like you would have a similar thing with that I quit <laughs> the podcast bring back Adam, fucking Lil Russell again I quit the podcast <laughs> you had a similar thing about Holy Bible didn't you Adam is that there are songs that you don't respond to as much as other songs however you know because you were saying some songs oh were yeah another. absolutely I'm, I was just <laughs> exactly yeah, exactly Yeah.
0: I was just making a joke I wasn't I have
3: the opposite to... which is the songs that I respond to positively I po- respond to them positively in the, in the context of this yeah, yeah. album okay, no yeah. songs on this album would even come near to my top 10 and in fact none will even go on the Manix playlist I've been building of just like Manix songs that I like and would happily listen to on Mad. Fair on, enough. on rotation not a single one on this album will go on that playlist
0: um, I think before we, I started researching for this uh, album before I had listened to it for sort of like two weeks on repeat um, I probably would have given this about 7 out of 10 uh, I do like the album I mean um, part of my issues with Send Away the Tigers was that propensity to try and sort of recapture past glories and I think that there are bits of that that kind of sound like that to me on here, like the harp on facing page top left and the whole the whole nature of this album being wrapped up in sort of like, oh, this is the Holy Bible part two sort of thing. I think I was unable to separate that in my mind. But I think actually having listened to it now for, for a long time and, and done the deep dive... I think that the album sort of transcends a lot of that feeling and stands apart from other things that you could compare it to. And, and another one of my issues with Send Away the Tigers, not to keep going on about Send Away the Tigers, was that at that time they seemed happy to make something that was just decent and it all felt like good enough. And this feels like Manic's going back to putting a lot of thought and effort into something and making mm. an actual statement and having, like you said, Simon, like it's an, it's an artistic project and so before this episode I think I'd bumped it up to an 8 but now actually during this episode and listening to the way that you've talked about it Simon the way that you've talked about it Steve and definitely not the way you've talked about it Lucas um, (laughs) I've (laughs) I think I've bumped that up to a 9 out of 10 I think this is a ridiculously strong record and it and it You know, I I would agree with the phrase, like, oh, it's such a strong record for the second half of their career or or, or for the later days of their career. But actually, I think that's maybe doing it a disservice. It is is just a strong record. There's bits of it I'm not massively enthused about, but it's far outweighed by the the moments that I am. So, yeah, 9 out of 10. And I'd say that my favourite tracks are probably William's Last Words and Peeled Apples. But the journey in between those two is like fantastic my least favourite hmm. is probably yeah Jennifer Plague Lovers She Bathed Herself in a Bath of Bleach Steve what are your favourite and least favourite tracks
1: uh, I'm just scrolling back through to um, yeah the joke, the joke sports severed um, and yeah facing page top left probably
0: cool those sort of mellow sort of palate cleanser
1: yeah moments. I weirdly responded not, to those a lot not more not
3: William's last words that made you literally cry
1: N- no <laughs> i mean yes it's it's incredible it's on a nine out of ten album for me isn't it like um i wouldn't necessarily have had a good time having listening to the song did i um but uh, least favorite tracks I, I didn't respond much to like doors closing slowly for example Fair. um as much as some of the others but um
0: yeah cool lucas
3: william's last words uh and this
0: joke's bought seven and which which are those? Are those favourites or least favourites? So they're, well, they're context. context. I'm guessing that these yeah, like th- these these two categories for you are very close together, <laughs> like um, favourites and least favourites.
3: Uh, I guess least favourite are just the ones I just nothing the most, which is probably like I don't know the ones I've got no notes for. Sure, so like yeah. doors closing slowly, pretension slash repulsion.
0: Cool.
2: Take your pick. Simon, do okay, you have yeah, any <laughs>
0: particular sort of highlights, lowlights, favourites, least favourites?
2: yeah um first of all i have to explain why william's last words isn't my favorite one of my favorites it's similar to right. Like, meet his murder is my favorite smith's album but when you play that album through you know that the song meet his murder is waiting for you at the end and it's got the sound of chainsaws and cows moving in an abattoir right. and you know it's a bit much and you, you sort of think all right morrissey i'm vegetarian now i've done it right so I don't need to hear this every time I play the album it's a little bit like that you know you, you think oh god there's this massive emotional just apocalypse happening at, at the end of the album and I just don't I just don't want to hear it so even though it's it's a brilliant and incredibly moving song um, yeah I would never put it on any kind of playlist or anything like that at a party. So, uh, no well exactly um, so my favourite three in order would be All Is Vanity number one then probably Peeled Apples and Marlon JD. Um, least favourite. Don't usually mm, let I mean, people the, have
0: three, but I'll. Oh, I'll sorry. Allow it all right, time. all is Vanity. <laughs> all is Vanity number one, and the one I'm,
2: I, I could probably live without, Potential Repulsion. So,
0: okay. Yeah. Nice. Great. Um, I mean, the, the album was released to like, incredible reviews. Like I'm sure it's not surprising, Lucas, that you are again in sort of like the minority of disliking this album. Does that surprise you?
3: No, I mean I didn't expect everyone to rate it as low as me, but I'm surprised that this one is like. I would have thought there'd be a bit of a split between the oh, Holy no, Bible, no, 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 this, Richie lovers and the like, and
0: the Mondeo men. This was reviewed incredibly well. Like even by the Mondeo men. Well, I don't know about fans or whatever, but but review wise, like it holds an eighty-five on Metacritic, and even Pitchfork gave it an eight out of ten. It it makes it to like end of year list. It's the tenth best reviewed album of the year. It charts at number three, selling around thirty-five thousand copies in its first week, which is mental because Biffy Claro just hit number one with like twenty k. Right. Yeah. Is did you okay. find chart stuff interesting, uh, Simon?
2: I used to be absolutely obsessed. I used to cycle home from school on a Tuesday lunchtime, which is when the top four used to come out, with a little notebook to write down the new entries. Um, so yeah, but I think um, I could I, I couldn't tell you what's number one in the, in the album chart or the singles chart right now. It's, it's long biffy since disappeared from on the album chart. Is it right? yeah. okay. Do you think like, it's yeah, relevant
0: yeah, anymore? Yeah.
2: Even probably not. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's a good kind of. Um, sales tool in that it kind of spirals then you know if a record's number one they can say the number one album and then it'll sell a few more but (laughs) um yeah I I I think it's uh not very very relevant to younger people you know I, I teach um at a music college in Brighton and most of the students are 18 19 I ask them about this and they're just really not bothered about the charts they've got no in in their sort of relatively short lifetime, they've got no recollection of ever caring about it. So yeah, I think it's kind of gone as a thing, really.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah that's fair. That's fair enough. Um, th- this album was beaten by Eminem and Green Day, which is probably which fair albums? enough. I mean, yeah, uh, which albums? Uh, what year? Uh, Two thousand and nine. So Eminem would have been relapse. Is that right? Green Day would have been I'm the one after American Rick- Idiot. Nah, the one after that. Uh, yeah, it came out like Yeah, it did beat Jarvis Cocker and Tori Amos, though. So huh. there you go. They go on tour uh, like around the release in sort of smallish venues, I suppose. If you compare it to the Send Away the Tigers Arena tour, uh, as as we were saying earlier, they play the whole album in full. Then there's an intermission, and then there's the greatest hits. And then in September they play their first U.S. tour in ten years, and they play like. I think it's like 10 cities and they play like small little clubs and it looks like it was a lot of fun. Lucas I know you've talked about like it's kind of somewhat amuse you when bands who are like big in the UK go to America and play like the venue the size of the joiners. Yeah, I
3: love that. <laughs> that's love that, that's, good. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Um, Especially
0: when the ba- the kids are playing in the UK are
3: fucking stadiums. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like
0: <laughs> and and so yeah. I guess at this point of their career where we're going to sort of Leave them because this is this is a short album cycle for them. Um, at this point, they here they kind of have the goodwill and the name recognition from the general republic uh, general the general republic the general public <laughs> um, from send away the tigers, and they have the goodwill of sort of more hardcore fans and music reviewers for general for plague lovers. So they actually have quite a lot of sort of goodwill and cultural cachet to spend their next album um they start recording the next album in october of 2009 like really quickly the album is out the following year in 2010 i think there's about when do they tour then there's about 18 months well they tour when the album comes out so in may and um then they did the u.s tour in september and then they started recording postcards that's from a Young short, man. Short, short short album cycle, cycle. yeah definitely um what are you expecting from the next album, guys?
1: Now I have literally no idea. I have heard be anything. this album, bits and pieces of this. Right.
0: I haven't a clue. I
1: think I've heard International Blue, wherever that turns up. Okay, that's from so 2018. I, I haven't, <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. So I haven't a clue, because they're very reactionary of what the last album did. What, yeah. So, Lucas, God what do you what do you what? think?
3: Yeah. The fact that you've talked about one for me, one for you, maybe means next one will be one for me maybe if we're going with that well you mean that they well, th-
0: this would be the one for me so like so like the, yeah, me being me, me being, being you or the band me being you or, yeah and then
3: you <laughs> being me the normies right, okay. right. so you think okay. this is going to
0: be one that would maybe appeal to the Mondeo men uh, as we have come to yeah. talk to them talk about them okay that's yeah. very interesting that's very interesting um Simon, skipping ahead in their career, do you think that the Manics are still relevant?
2: Still relevant? Um, That's a tricky question. I don't want to sort of be awkward, but define
0: relevant. Do you think that they are still kind of, you know, they've put out big-selling albums, they've put out albums that have real things to say... And sometimes they've done that in the same album. Do you think they're still doing that? Are they still kind of. I think. Is mm. is there a place for Manic Street Preachers in the current musical landscape?
2: I think there's a quite low ceiling on how relevant a rock band can even be right now, Mm. culturally. Um, And I I think the Manics are easily as relevant as a band who've been around for. 30 years and more could be um, they are more inclined to take risks and make interesting records than any bands of their generation but you know it's, it's just like we're saying now about the charts, who cares what's in the charts um, the last my next album uh, Resistance is Futile got to number, I don't know, it's number 6 he's in, in the top 10 anyway yeah. Maybe, no, actually was it higher than that might have done even better but um is, is one of their their biggest selling albums for for a while, and um, you, you sort of wonder, well, okay, so it's, it's it's selling to people like you and I, Adam, I guess, um, yeah. and a bunch of Mondeo men, depending on what, which mm-hmm. album it is. Um, but how do you track the relevance within that? Are people, even that limited number of you know, I don't know, twenty, thirty thousand people who who are buying that album first week, are they poring over the lyrics and thinking? wow, what Nicky Wire said there, that's going to change the entire way I view the world. I don't think so. And, and even though Mannix now seem to be one of those bands like Joy Division or Nirvana who are there for eternity, that there will always be young people, particularly the sort of richie related stuff, there'll always be a certain type of young emo-ish person who's going to latch on to the Ritchie-era Mannix yeah. and mm-hmm. then will maybe follow it through and listen to their later stuff. Um I, I still think expecting them to change, certainly not the world, even people's world, is is a bit of a tall order these days. And do you think that's specific to the Manics, or do you think that's
0: to do with just how people listen to music now? It certainly seems I, to have yeah, become a just, little more disposable.
2: Rock is very peripheral. Music in general is very peripheral. It's, it's a background thing. People don't listen to albums, they listen to playlists. Um, so, yeah... Um, I don't really, I've, you know, I've I've gone past the point of thinking, oh, that's that's a terrible shame. It's you know, just it's just it the way is it is. That's it the is. facts you know, of life, son. <laughs> <no>, yes, exactly. <laughs> and who's responsible? <laughs> we fucking are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I, the, the, the point is, for for those for those of us who care and want to spend hours with a fucking magnifying glass scrutinising the lyric sheets, you know, we we, we can still yeah, do that. No one's stopping us. And does that um, make us cool? Those of us who want to believe can believe. <laughs> maybe not <laughs> <laughs>
0: um are you ever going to update everything are you, are, or, are yes. you or are you going to release
2: everything to manic boogaloo sorry okay. uh, uh, <laughs> 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 yeah it's it's going to be like grease 2 it'll be on motorbikes this time okay, instead great, of uh, yeah great. yeah um yeah essentially the answer is is yes i will um at, at one point I, I was considering doing just a second book sort of like the Mannix in the 21st century, because there's 20 years now to catch up on since my last book yeah. came out. Um, but yeah, I think it's mad that you've only covered like happen. a
0: third of their career. That's crazy. I
2: have, but also the first part of their career contains a lot more drama. Yes, than that's true. That sort of later years. And also the first part of the book contains their early lives pre even being in the Mannix. So We're already that. finding yeah, think-
0: that with the podcast actually, is that the, the the scandalous behind the scenes stuff that's going on is very much. They went to the recording studio and recorded this album, and then they released <laughs> it and went on tour. Well, and yeah, yeah. and the we were having to do double episodes for ages because
3: of how much there was to say about each album. Yeah, I know. Yeah, hasn't been the case for the recent few.
2: Maybe this one. I mean, look at us now. <laughs> at part two of what is surely a double episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I, I think what's more likely to happen with the book is that um, there'll, be a, there'll be an expanded edition of the first book where I cram the last 20 years into a few extra chapters or something like that. It'll be a lovely thing. It'll be beautifully produced, I'm sure. That's very but at exciting. the moment, I'm writing another book. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm, write, I'm, I'm writing a book at the moment about another, um, shall we say, heritage alternative rock act that I can't name. Um, Can you give us any clues? No, I can't. I really can't. Okay. I really, really can't. Then it but must as be soon the as that—that—that's that, yes, yeah. That's yeah. I've, I've gone full on gym core. Um, no, it's um, it, it's it's got to be in by February. So uh, when that's done and dusted, I expect my attention will turn to finally um, updating my Mannix book. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Well, 30. we'll look forward to that. Um, which brings us to the last item on our episode agenda, which is you've kindly kind of put together a top ten but you have not done like top 10 manic s- songs of all time, right? You've done something a bit, bit different. Yeah. Um, have you had anyone
2: doing top 10s before? I, I guess not.
0: Every single one of our guests does a top
2: 10. Have they already done the one I'm doing, which is basically top 10 manic songs that were not singles?
0: No. Uh, m- most people just do their flat out top 10s. Greg Haver nearly did uh top 10 songs that he produced but then bottled it <laughs> um and bless him had i love we greg had, we had neil on from the welsh music podcast who did um top 10 quintessentially oh, yeah. welsh manic songs which was really interesting that was a really cool one. So oh, um, that's a good one right yeah it yeah it's great um there's a spotify playlist i'll, I'll um i'll send it to you um so yours
2: yeah i've got some catching up to do yeah also yours another
3: is,
0: another guest top 10
3: was a top 27 maybe was that michael sheen <laughs> yeah yes that was, yeah. That was yeah. Michael,
0: yeah. michael sheen we talked to a couple of weeks ago and he cheated and basically did a top 14 yeah. um <laughs> wow
2: <laughs> uh
0: so you've had some is, good guests
2: wow i'm, I'm right a bit you know, humbled and, now wow
0: um yeah we've had some mad guests it's been um Look, this has been far more successful than we ever thought it would be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're uh, we're way out of our depth. So <laughs> the first no. episode started getting some
3: hundreds of downloads. We we're like, hang on, hundreds? <laughs> Can't be right. I was expecting tens, and like most of them would be our mates. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's just really
2: great that someone's doing this. It's been sort of you know a, a sort of gap in the podcast world has been crying out to be filled. You know, so so well done. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Um, we couldn't
0: believe that the, the the gap was there. To be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, right. So, so, yeah, well, what I've movies. done, I've
2: basically chosen, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've chosen uh, my top 10 Manic songs that were not singles, which is a very broad remit, but...
3: No, that's cool. Uh, I like, no, I um, like this, because most of them yeah. 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 being singles, so I'm up for this.
2: Yeah. All right, so what I've done, um, I deliberately didn't go ransacking through my entire Manic Street Preachers mm. collection to find... You know the sort of clever answers to this question right. that I set myself up, the I, deepest I cuts you could find. Yeah, no, I, I thought it, it, it's it's got to be the ones that sort of really leap straight to mind as, as being these great songs that I love hearing, but they were never singles. Mm. Um, so they're mostly album tracks, there's a few sort of B-sides and the odd sort of rarity, whatever. So we're we going um, from 10 okay. to one, yeah, and these are 10 to one. Okay. Um, we probably need some kind of music going on. yeah. Um, so number 10. Umbrella, the uh, Rihanna cover. I had to have uh, <laughs> where, a cover version where, on where, here. What? <laughs> no.
4: ten,
2: do you hate it? Do you all hate no, it? No, I love
0: it. But but that's not what I expected from
2: uh, from a Simon Prize number ten. <laughs> okay, fine. Yep. I really love it. Um, and uh, um, normally I hate it when white rock acts do a cover version of a pop hit, particularly if it's like a, a black R and B or soul hit. because... Yeah it seems somehow patronising that they feel yeah. that they're legitimising it by making it into a real proper rock song fuck that I hate that like when I don't know you get people like Travis doing Baby One More Time by <laughs> Britney or whatever and, yeah. and, and, and people are like oh actually it's a good song <laughs> fuck off I hate that but, um, but but for some reason I think the Manic's doing Umbrella their way and doing it in just a genuine straight down the line Quite emotional way, it really works. I, I just love it. It's, I, I don't even think of it as a cover of the Rihanna song, I just think of it as a nice. thing to itself. I love it, yeah. That's, so that's number 10. Okay, cool, just not what I was
0: expecting at all. So, this wow, this could go anywhere yeah, excited. Now.
2: now. Number nine, it's, this is a controversial choice. I know it's uh widely loathed by a lot of people, but from Know Your Enemy Miss Europa disco dancer, uh, yeah. Oh, um,
0: oh, fuck.
2: Yes. Lucas
3: that's
0: has that. had to unmute his mic because he's eating a carrot to interact yep. with that
3: one. Mishorepa Disco Dancer was my number two, Simon. Oh, good, that man. That song yeah. fucks. Yeah, that's so good. I
2: forgive you for the gentle
3: <laughs> Plague Lovers debacle that we've just made. I mean, <laughs> Mishorepa yeah. Disco Dancer is so my jam. It's not even funny. It was... It, I, I would have. mean, the fire okay. alarm's
2: going off in my house. As if anything could, okay. could make this recording session oh no it's just it's stopped okay it's all fine i'm sure i'm not going to be you sure death. i think everything's this, okay the, and if, well, you do, know, if you do if you do know that it's doing is, what you like it's more important yeah, yeah maybe <laughs> Yeah. Possibly angry Manix fans Who hate Miss Europa Disco Dancer Outside with flaming torches and pitchforks Angry Mannix fans who hate Miss Europa Disco Dancer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> disco dancer oh, Wow I couldn't possibly endorse that statement But uh, I respect yeah. it um, So number 8 um, From Generation Terrorist Which should have been a single album of course But this one would survive the cut Methadone Pretty okay. I really love it. I'm Lovely melody Do you know what? Similar, similar vibe to mm. "Stay Beautiful," I think, and yeah, struggling, the, the struggling
0: song. to bring that up in my brain Rolodex. I am nothing and could be everything. Is exactly, it that one? Yeah, okay. It. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. song.
2: <laughs> um, number seven, had to be good old Sleep Flower. Oh. What a riff! Yeah, the riff. Can't argue with Sleep Flower. Number six, probably the deepest Ooh. cut. I suppose. Um, judge yourself. Okay. So judge yourself from the Judge Dredd soundtrack, which yeah. is very much in a holy Bible vein. Of was course, was it actually on the Judge yeah. Dredd soundtrack? Um, I th- I think so. Yeah. I thought I uh, thought um, we
0: hadn't heard it until it came out on Lipstick Traces.
2: Oh no, I'd heard it. Yeah, I think oh. it was on. The, well, I mean, I, I I might be making a fool of myself here, but I'm, I had heard it. Ah. Um, cool. well, But yeah, it did turn up on Lipstick Traces. I'm going so to have go way, back that- and edit our episode
0: where I wrongly <laughs> stated something then.
2: <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> um, number five, um, pro- I think it's the most recent track of them all from Futurology. Let's go to war. Cool song. Cool song.
0: So Fantastic song. Lucas it's got and a real Steve will have no image. idea.
2: Um, alright yeah,
0: It's got a real Pill feel to it. Um, Cribs its riff from. Uh, uh, is it in the Hall of
2: the Mountain King? In the Hall of the Mountain King, yeah. which in, in the same way that uh, Pill used Swan Lake. I yes, think, they did on, on Death Disco. Yeah, so I, I felt that Let's Go To War was sort of echoing Pill doing that. Just, I mean, Futurology is one of my top five Maddox albums, um, so, and that's mm. my favourite track from it. Number four, a bit of a safe bet, but Enola alone. That should have been um, a single and all. Yeah, I thought so. It's a wonderful, wonderful song. Um, maybe my favourite on that album, apart from the obvious design for life.
0: But that is so obvious. Num- like,
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We say it every um, time. Number, number three, we've just heard it, All Is Vanity. stand okay. um, okay, totally. Standout track from Journal for Plague Lovers for me. Yeah. Number two, and I'm going to be very particular about which version, okay. Spectators of Suicide, Heavenly version. It's got right. to be the Heavenly version. Okay, yeah, that is the better I, I version. I thought the Generation Terrorist um, version was quite flimsy, quite weak, but the Spectators of Suicide, Heavenly version, um, it's just overpowering. It's a steamroller. It's just fantastic with all the... Um, Quotes some kind of black power speeches, and you know about kicking over this racist power structure, and all that. It's just fantastic. And number one, going back to ye good old holy Bible of walking abortion, oh yeah, which is right up there in my favourite Manic songs. Just full stop. That is, yeah, that is a
0: great, a great song. Sends
2: shivers through me. The particular there's that sort of climax where it gets the line fragments of uniforms. It's just so exciting but chilling at the same time that was the first song yeah. I ever heard them play
0: live no way because they opened with it at Southampton Guildhall <laughs> wow. uh, on present, the past yeah. present future tour yeah Yeah. bizarre they didn't do that again it was found that soul for the rest of the tour <laughs> <laughs> in that case that was the first one I heard live as well wasn't it the first minute yeah yeah it was yeah that's a great top ten so I'm, I'm going to put that into a, a Spotify playlist and um Cheers. That means our listeners can can listen to it uh, after they've listened to this episode. And that sort of brings us to the end of what has been what I kind of thought would be oh it's you know, it'll probably be around two hours. <laughs> yeah. And we can put it put it out in a single episode. But we're rivaling uh, your I your do podcast. Go on, I'm sorry. No, 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 yeah, no, no. Yeah. We're just rivaling your podcast now in terms of uh, chart music. Of yeah, got to get a plug in there. Chart music. Oh, we, we will get to plug, Simon.
2: <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Calm down.
0: Um, thank you so much for for doing this. It's been thank you. Uh, like a genuine, real me. treat to talk to you about something that, that, like we said earlier, you haven't written about extensively.
2: No,
1: I
0: haven't. It's been really cool to kind of do the deep dive with yeah, you. It's uh, been really, I've enjoyed it very much. Really interesting. Thank you. So, okay. So, yeah, good talking so to you. So now the whole, whole... I consider this
2: part of the uh, part of the very advanced promotional tour for my film yeah, yeah. when it comes out again. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, as you said, definitely get to it. We'll, we'll do the plugs. We'll do the plugs. <laughs> um, what, what are we plugging at the moment? I mean, you you are writing all the time, it seems.
2: Well, I do a bit of freelancing here and there, but ma- mainly I'm, I'm writing this mystery book project that I can't Myster- talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's also um, the Chart Music podcast, which I'm a regular on, um, which for those who don't know, it's, you know, they basically pick an old episode of Top of the Pops and a bunch of old Melody Maker journalists... Um, Sort of rip the piss out of it for four and a half hours, yeah. five hours sometimes. It's, it's very spread funny. over the course of a week. Um,
0: and I have yeah, to cheers. thank you um, for introducing me to Elton John's stunning rendition of Amdil Dil Amdil Am Dil absolutely Which mesmerizing was,
2: performance. The high point of lockdown yeah. for, for me, and I think for us as a human. I mean, the other species, the other thing yeah.
0: we we could be plugging is that you do you know, in normal times, you have a club night in Brighton.
2: Um, Yeah, I mean I I do a number of club nights in normal times but the main one's called Spellbound which is an alternative 80s night which I've been doing for over 10 years now but God only knows when we'll do another one the way things are Are you still going to do the Cure um,
0: one? Because my girlfriend and I were going to come to the Cure one and that was the one that obviously then was uh, the first to be cancelled I think
2: Yeah, um, that's one of the ones that when things do, if things return to normal um, we will be in quite a hurry to uh, reschedule that because I was so up for it. I think it was going to be... It was originally going to be every third song would be a Cure song, but now I'm thinking nice. every other song. Why not? Because there's so many, not <laughs> so many bangers. Why not every song? So
0: many bangers. Why not every song? I recently watched a um, a live stream of uh, 24 hours of Bruce Springsteen hits. Mm-hmm. That was... Uh, mm. Wow. That was something. That was That's a weird one day. That one of those. Um, yeah, Yeah, it was. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, um, that means... it's time for our plugs so let's see if I can remember how to do that so you can get hold of us on Twitter at Mannix Podcast we're on Instagram at Manix Podcast if you'd like to you can email us and we'll probably read it out in some kind of bonus episode or something as long as what you've said isn't like racist or sexist or weird (laughs) or some kind of threat towards us you can email us at MannixPodcast at gmail.com and we also have a little red bubble with like some stupid designs on mugs and t-shirts and i think there's one with our faces on a clock yeah. and stuff like that so if you want to support uh the podcast and don't get me wrong you are absolutely 100 percent supporting the podcast just by listening to it if you feel like you want to chuck us a couple of quid uh we felt that was the best way to do it rather than a Patreon or anything because then you get something um so go and buy our tat that's uh <laughs> that's that's the slogan for our red bubble <laughs> shop um Simon again, thank you so much for doing this. Uh Hey listen,
2: congratulations on all your work so far. And best of luck with the rest of
0: Thanks it. very much, man. That's very, very kind. Uh, so the only thing left to say is uh, we live in urban hell and we destroy uh, we destroy urban <laughs> hell. Bye. Goodbye. Bye